Thank you for that last song. I love to sing it last. Well, actually, I love to sing all them songs you picked out tonight. That was some good songs. We are going to be in Joshua again tonight. Joshua chapter 5. The last couple of verses of Joshua chapter 5. We have been getting a pretty quick pace through Joshua. We kind of slowed down just a little bit in chapter 5. And we're going to pick back up in the next week or two. Did everybody have a good afternoon this afternoon? Yes. I had a good afternoon. I got to brush up on my hide-and-go-seek skills, and so that was pretty good. I, I, I was feeling pretty good at it, even in my old age. I think that's one of those games you might get a little better at as you get older, hide-and-seek, because it don't require much effort. But if you get this old brain working, you, you, you might can do pretty good on that. So I had a good afternoon. I'm going to tell you all what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn these lights off back here. Because look, here's what happens to me, and I, I found out that it happens to other people too. Sometimes when you're looking up, boy, them lights kind of surround you. It kind of makes it hazy. It's hard to see. So I'm going to turn them off to make it where it's not quite so bright for you guys tonight. All right. Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. Then Joshua bowed with his face to the ground in worship and asked him, What does my Lord want to say to his servant? The commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Let's pray. God, I pray that it, just in these few minutes, dear Lord, just these few verses we're going to look at, that God, even as short and simple as they are, that we'd get something out of them. I pray that you would speak through me tonight, dear Lord, that you'd hide me behind the cross, that you would help your words to be beneficial to us. I pray that you help me uh, to preach and teach in a way, God, that uh, is pleasing to you and accurate to what your word says and, and applicable to each one of us that's here tonight. And we just thank you for a good day today, and we thank you for a good service this morning. We thank you for blessing us, God. We thank you for, for calling us to help others, and I thank you for the heart of this church, that they are willing to, to, to see to it that we can help those who are in need. And I just give you the praise for that. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. What we've seen leading up to this point is we have seen that Joshua is leading the people of Israel into the promised land. They have already crossed the Jordan River and they are getting ready to go into their first big battle in Jericho. Now, that's quick background of, of where we got to in this point. And so in verse 13, Joshua was near Jericho. He looked up and saw a man in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Now, we don't really know exactly uh, if this was a normal looking man or if maybe this was some angelic being. Based on the text here in just the first few verses, it would appear as though that it was just a man because Joshua at first sight didn't, doesn't bow down in fear. He just looks up and he sees someone standing there with a sword. And the first question he asks is, are you for us or against us? So Joshua may have very well seen someone who had a figure similar to ours, just a, a, a manish figure. And the person said, look, I'm for neither. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. 
And at that point, Joshua realized that this was someone, this being, this person is someone who was from God, and he uh, proceeded to kneel down and bow down before him. And we see that multiple times in Scripture when we see these angelic beings or we see these people appear to people who are from God, and we see that their response is one of, of fear and one of humility as they bow down before. The question is, I guess, is... is who is this figure, and, 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 and how can we figure it out? Well, I, I really don't know. There are many different uh, ideas as to who this figure could be. It could be a, a theophany. That is, that God takes the form of some being or of something that appears to people. Now, we see that in the Old Testament sometimes. We see it with Moses. Now, a lot of the things we've seen up until this point in the book of Joshua, we have seen similar things with Moses. We have seen God reaffirming that he is going to be with the people. We have seen God already telling them in chapter 1 to be strong and courageous. And we see that God has chosen Joshua. We see that uh, God has shown the people that he is with Joshua just like he was with Moses. And this being that appeared to Joshua, it could very well be God taking the form of some kind of human being. Some would say this may be a pre-incarnate Christ. This would be Jesus taking the form of this commander of the army and that when he says, I am a, the commander of the Lord's army, that that might be uh, at least get our minds to think a little bit about Revelation and about Jesus coming and leading the army. Or it could very likely have also been an angel. But whoever it was, whether it was God himself or Jesus, a pre-incarnate uh, Jesus who had come to uh, appear before Joshua, or whether it was an angel, what we can know for sure from this story is that God was with Joshua and the people. And that right before they got ready to go into this huge battle, I believe that this was a reminder that God was given to the people of Israel, in particular Joshua in these <coughs> verses, and letting them know, I am here with you. Now, Joshua says, who are you for? Are you for us or against us? And, and, and the commander of the Lord's army here says something interesting. He says, neither. And that's an interesting statement. And I don't really know exactly what the commander of the Lord's army meant there. But what I take out of it when I read that text is I believe that Jesus is for anyone who is for him. And that is, anyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that is who Jesus is for. Jesus doesn't pick sides. Jesus doesn't pick favorites. Jesus picks everyone. But it's up to us to decide, the Lord has chosen us. Are we going to choose the Lord? And what we've seen up until this point in the book of Joshua is we have seen that the people of Israel, that Joshua himself, have chosen to be obedient to God. And that's a good thing because if you go back and read earlier on in the Old Testament, you see that the parents of these Israelites we're reading about now, they weren't obedient to God. And they didn't get to go into the promised land. And so this generation has learned from their mistakes. But there's also something else to consider about this generation is that they've never really seen any big battle before. They've been wandering around in the wilderness. It was only just last week that we read about that they had started 
finding food for themselves in the land that God had given them. Up until that point, God had been feeding them manna for many, many years. And so now God has led these people of Israel into this land that he promised to give them. They are eating off the land. They are now able to take care of themselves by what God has provided. And now God has put them against all of these crazy enemies. And when I say crazy, I mean much more powerful than little rinky-dink Israel. You know, I mean, you can imagine some of these countries we see in our world today trying to go up against, let's say, the United States. You think about the Olympics. You know, you watch the Olympics and you got all these big countries, and every once in a while you see a country you've never heard of, and they got like one person in one event. And that's kind of like what Israel would have been like to the other people of the land. Israel would have been that one country, and everybody would have been like, what in the world are these cats going to do to us? Now, some of the people had heard the stories. They had heard about God delivering the Israelites from Egypt. They had heard about the mighty hand of God and what had happened to Pharaoh and how God had looked out for his people. And God was willing to spare those who would come to him and who would trust in him. And we see that in the story of Rahab. She was a woman from Jericho. She was a woman from these countries that did not believe in the uh, did not believe in the Lord, but she heard the stories of the Lord, and when she found out that God's people were coming into the land, in fear of the Lord, she said, Look, we believe that your God is who he said he is, and because of that, she was spared. And I believe we see all throughout God's word that God is faithful to spare those who see him and who he is and come before him and say, Look, God, I realize who you are. We see people spared. We saw that in the story of Jonah. As Jonah goes to preach to the people of Nineveh, God was going to destroy that city, but guess what? The people repented. And God didn't destroy the city. And so God is faithful to spare those and to be with those who choose him. But sadly, most of these places that the Israelites are fixing to go in and to attack, they don't choose God. And so here we have God's chosen people who are living in obedience to God, and they are getting near Jericho. And that's, that's a big deal, because if you read down in chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Now Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites. No one leaving or entering. Okay, so this was a big, strong, fortified city, and they had heard word about God's chosen people coming, and they obviously there was some fear there, because the city was strongly fortified, and you have to imagine that the Israelites, who had probably never faced any major battle before, they're fixing to go in, and they are going to have to take down this strongly fortified Jericho. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that would be a pretty scary thing for me. That's one of those things, you know, where we like to think, and sometimes we say, my faith in the Lord is strong. But when you get to a moment like this, where, you, where you're just a little rinky-dink Israel, you're not a powerhouse, and you're going up against big old strong Jericho over there, and God says, come on, go in there, I'm going to give it to you. Well, you got to really trust in the Lord. And so I think that the Lord is appearing to Joshua here to remind him, you got this. I'm with you. We saw a God appear to Moses in the burning bush and talk about take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. Here we see that same language. It's following the same pattern of what we saw with Moses as he was about to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And here we have another leading by another leader. Here we have Joshua who is about to lead the Israelites into the promised land. 
Now Joshua would have no doubt known that story about the burning bush. He would have no doubt known that language about take your sandals off, you're on holy ground. And so I believe that this helped Joshua to realize, look, God is with me. Now, it doesn't say in these verses here what the commander of the Lord says to Joshua after it says to take his sandals off. We see in the story of Moses that God kind of lays it out for him and gives him a command on what to do. We don't really see that here. It could be that the command that we're going to look at next week in chapter 6, verses 2 through 5, perhaps that's what the commander of the Lord was pointing out to Joshua here. But the point being is that as they were about to go into the biggest battle probably that any of them had ever faced in their life, and they were about to go in to try to receive all the blessings that God wanted to give them, they faced a difficult enemy. And God was reminding them, as he had all throughout this book, God had reminded them, God had encouraged them, God had said, be strong and courageous, because I'm going to be with you. I'm going to get you through this. And here's where the rubber meets the road. And here's where that time has finally come, and Joshua is about to lead them into the promised land. But how does that apply to our life? Well, I think that there are many times in our life that we face Jerichos, let's call them, where we face situations that from a distance we look at and what we see is a, a strong, fortified city. I'm talking about that situation that you don't see that there's any way you're going to be able to deal with that. You know, when you go to the doctor and the doctor comes back with the test and he says, you've got cancer, and it's spread far. And you sit back and it kind of takes your breath away. Because you say, man, what am I going to do? And you begin to worry about your family, your friends, your own life, what your future may look like, how much suffering they may be. Or maybe all of a sudden you, you've been working at a place for years and you've been doing a good job and all of a sudden the boss calls you in and he says, look, we're sorry, but the economy is bad and we're going to have to lay you off. We're going to have to let you go. And you know you got a stack of bills and you're barely getting by and you got kids to feed and you don't have any job. And you look at all these huge mountains. We look at all these huge fortified cities. We look at all these situations in life and we may be just like Joshua and the Israelites and maybe there's a little doubt and we say, God, how in the world am I ever going to get through this? And we need not forget God's word to know that God is with us. God was with his children, the Israelites in the Old Testament. And I've got good news for you. God is still with his children today. And that doesn't necessarily mean that God's just going to give you a new job. He might. He very well might. Sometimes he does. Sometimes we get in bad situations. We pray and God delivers us instantly. But sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes there's some suffering that has to go for a while, but that does not mean God does not love you. That does not mean that God is not with you. God is going to be with you on those hard days. God is going to be with you on those toughest times. And even when you are scared to death, you can know that God is going to be with you. And that's what we can fall on. That's our hope that we can know that it's going to get us through. Because I'm going to go ahead and ruin it for you. The Israelites go in and take Jericho. The walls come tumbling down. Because God is on their side. Is God on your side? God has chosen you. God wants to be your God. But have you chosen to be God's child? Have you chosen the Lord? And maybe you're facing a, a mountain. Maybe you're facing a, a fortified city and you don't know how you're going to get through it. And you give it to the Lord and you trust Him. And know that 
the road may be bumpy, but he's going to deliver you from that. I was thinking about, when I was thinking about this text and thinking about scary situations that come might spring up on us sometimes, I was reminded of the first trip that we went to Haiti. We went to a church in the middle of the city one night, and they were having a revival that night. And they had, uh, Pastor Kelly, the, the guy from Haiti who come here a few, few months ago, he said, look, they're going to ask you to preach when you get there. So I'm thinking, this is pretty good. I'm excited about that. You know, I don't speak their language. They don't speak mine. But I'm going to stand up there, and they're going to think I'm a crazy white man. But that's okay. And so I get there, and this has never happened. I've never had this happen to me anywhere, much less in a foreign country. But I'm getting there, and the service has already started. They're praying and singing. And this guy comes over to Pastor Kelly, and Pastor Kelly leans over to me, and he says, you need to preach on this verse. And I opened up my Bible, and it was just some random verse that there was no way in the world that I could preach on that verse. And it was like, and Jesus needs to eat more or something is what it said. I mean, it was just something that crazy. And I'm thinking, oh, dear Lord, why in the world are they having a revival based around this verse? And what am I going to say that has anything to do with anything? And so I'm sitting over there. It's like 107 degrees, and I'm feeling like I'm about to pass out. And I'm reading this verse, and I'm just praying, God, what, how am I going to preach on this? What in the world am I going to say? How am I going to make any sense? These people ain't even going to understand what I'm saying anyway. And now I'm going to have to just... So, so I'm sitting over there for like 15 minutes. I'm sitting there and I'm just praying. Because what can I do? It ain't like I can go flip open the commentary. I can't Google something. I can't. I mean, all I got is this verse in front of me. I ain't got time to cross-reference in my Bible. And I'm sitting there and I'm praying. And I was scared to death. And I just, I sit there and I close my Bible. And I said, well, Lord, you brought me here. And you gave me this opportunity. And I'm just going to trust you. Because I don't have a clue what to do. And I ain't got time to prepare. All I could do was trust in the Lord. And lo and behold, it wasn't but about two minutes after that that Pastor Kelly come back and he said, I told you the wrong verse. <laughs> he said, he said it's, it's John chapter 3, verse 5, I think's what it was. And boy, I said, whew, John, I, I can preach John chapter 3. I know John chapter 3. But look, sometimes, sometimes in life we have those situations where our hearts sink or we are scared to death, or we're facing a situation that we don't know what we're going to do. And all we can do is trust in the Lord. And that's where Joshua and the Israelites had got to. They had got to a point where all they could do was trust in the Lord. And they did. They didn't turn around. They didn't run. They didn't go the other way. They didn't give up. They didn't say, we're not strong enough. They said, the Lord has said He's going to deliver us. The Lord is going to bring us in. The Lord is going to be with us. We're going to trust Him. Are you trusting Him tonight? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come to You and we thank You for good words like these. And it's just, it's reassuring to know how mighty You are. God, You can, you can do such wonderful things. You can, you can lead Your people to beat their biggest enemies, God, because You are bigger than their biggest enemies. And God, You are bigger than our biggest enemy. Maybe life is has given us some, some scary situations, some tough situations. God, maybe there are some in this room tonight that are just struggling because they just don't know how they're going to make it through another day with, with health or with work or with whatever it may be, God. The, 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 the possibilities for our struggles are endless. But God, I pray that your Holy Spirit in this night would touch each heart, that you would remind them that you are with them, even in the midst of the darkest hour where it may seem the scariest. I pray that you would give them peace. I pray that you would give them comfort. I pray that you would give them rest, dear Lord God. 
that they would feel your presence, that they would look back and they would know, God, that they are protected by the God of Israel that delivered Jericho to them. And God, you can, you can deliver us through these situations that we are going through. So give us strength, God. It may take some time, God. Sometimes we have, to, we have to stay in our struggles for a little while, dear Lord. I pray that you would deliver us instantly, anyone in this room that may be in the midst of something. But God, if that's not your will, then you give them the strength and you help them to hold on for the ride, dear Lord, to know that you've got them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.